Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. Across the healthcare industry, organizations are beginning to think and operate differently to expand capabilities and adapt to a changing environment. Historically separate entities such as health plans, providers, and technology companies are coming together to collaborate on innovative solutions to a complex healthcare system. I'm here with Dynamics' Mindy McGrath, Ryan Hummel, and Sarah Brumman to talk about how and why these health service organizations are reimagining the traditional sectors. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am so excited to get this crew together again. Hey, Jen, I'm glad to be here and stoked about this conversation. Same, Jen. Great to be here. Thank you, Jen. I'm ready to get going. So this is the second time this summer that we're talking about convergence, so it must be a big deal. Mindy, why are we at Dynamics starting to talk about health services rather than the traditional delineations of provider or payer organizations? The underpinning of all this movement that we have been seeing in the marketplace, we have been discussing on this podcast, I think is really being driven by the convergence that we are seeing in the marketplace. And this acknowledgement that has really risen up over the last, I'd say 10 years or so that the U.S. healthcare system as it currently operates is just not sustainable economically. It's not sustainable to many patients who are lacking access to the healthcare system. And so when we talk about convergence and then further talk about health services at Dynamic, I think it's a reflection of how we are starting to see the industry making a shift. Healthcare organizations who maybe traditionally had resided in one particular sector have really moved to expand their capabilities. And you've heard us talk about the likes of Amazon and CVS and Walgreens and Amerisource Bergen and Aetna and Cigna and all these organizations that years ago we used to say, well, they sit in one sector. But what they've done over the last five or six years is really start to expand those capabilities. And now they would see themselves, I think, as health services organizations able to address many different challenges within the healthcare system. So when we're talking about convergence and then we're further talking about health services for us at Dynamic, it's just a reflection of the current market conditions. And I think it encapsulates a big component of the marketplace, including organizations that contribute to the pharmacy channels, payers, health systems, emerging care delivery, government and public health, all of these different entities that fall out in these kind of subsectors, if you will, all frame themselves up as organizations that are really focused on delivering different types of health services in the marketplace. Yeah, Mindy, I think the listeners are getting a real version of our conversations day in and day out. The concept we're going to talk about today is why this is happening. And the fact is, the last 10 years have been pretty revolutionary in our healthcare world. And this idea of convergence is rooted in this idea of how do you take the concept of understanding the value chain of healthcare being so much broader and the desire to gain and build capabilities to be a part of the revolution, if you will. Once these leaders understand that, how do you not lose your core competencies in the meantime? 
you mentioned the last 10 years, the enablers that have arisen that I think have contributed to this idea of convergence and the collapsing of these sectors we've traditionally seen. You think about telemedicine and telehealth. You think about wearables. The idea that you can have health information exchanges across all of the sectors that provide different types of providers access to share patient data and improve the transfer of information. We've seen real interoperability, despite sometimes the wonkiness and the obstacles that may feel like we haven't in the patient perspective. We do have the data, right? All of these things that we could go deep into some of these enablers, but I think that has enabled this revolution and it's bringing health plans, providers, and intermediaries that you mentioned earlier together really like we've never seen before. We've seen it happen in concept. We've seen transactional partnerships and relationships, but this is really happening. And these collaborative opportunities really are breaking down traditional barriers that include care coordination. I bring up value-based care a lot in this podcast. It's an example of that. It's gone from kind of concept to reality in many parts of the country because it is aligning the interest of all of the sectors that we talked about. The point around value-based care is, I think, a good place to also kind of hone in on from a reason why we've seen convergence take up so much speed. I think it, I know it's been talked about on this podcast. CMS's goal to have 100% of lives in an accountable care type of organization by 2030. That direction coming directly from CMS, I think, is really lit a fire under a number of organizations on figuring out how do they start diversifying the different entities that they control and how do they start tapping into different value pools, such as pharmacy, such as on the PBM side, such as on the health tech and the provider lens. How do you start bringing those all together to take advantage and realize some of the opportunities that will be afforded to them as more and more lives shift into full risk or accountable care type of organizations and models? So between a couple of the factors we've talked about, as well as some of that direction, I think, coming from CMS, that's really pushed. And we've seen that play out through the market, both at our clients, as well as throughout the industry. Yes, Arvin, I would add to that. There's a practical driver of all of this, too, and that is growth. As the competitive intensity has increased across the healthcare system, we are seeing more and more organizations redefine themselves as health services organizations because they are looking for growth avenues beyond what their traditional or core business may have been. And they're doing so through the idea of convergence or the concept of convergence, which is alliances, partnership, mergers and acquisitions. So I think there's an element of that, but I think there's also a driver of consumerism around this. And you think about some of the organizations that we have touched on and how consumer facing they are and how that drives some of the activity that I think we have seen within the health services space. Maybe this is the optimist in me talking, but what's driving growth is positive outcomes for once. So in the past where growth might've been having potentially negative impacts to patient experience around maximizing volume or maximizing fee-for-service payments. In this case, growth is being driven by the consumerism angle. It's being driven by better patient outcomes. Who can provide those better patient outcomes at a lower cost with a great member experience? That's what's going to be the competitive differentiator. And that's why these health service organizations are coming up and driving a lot of that convergence. I'm not going to lie, as a consumer of health services, this movement sounds 
pretty good to me, right? In terms of bringing care together in one place, having more of a consumer-oriented mindset. I think any of us navigating the health system here in the States have sometimes thought that hmm, maybe this wasn't really designed with, with us in mind. But it's one thing to say that as an aspiration, and it's a very different thing to actually be able to deliver it. Right. How exactly are we seeing this transition to becoming true health services organizations play out? I think Saurabh and Mindy brought up some really key points around consumerism, driving this, and the need to find different channels to grow and triangulating that with actually finding results because of it. When we think of health services, Jen, it is an umbrella term to cover traditional areas and segments of the healthcare space, pharmacy channel, providers, health plans. And the idea behind those is that there's just more to health services than we used to think. You think about health systems and ambulatory care. You think about these emerging care delivery models that have sprung up over the years. You think of traditional health insurance. Government and public health still plays a huge role in convergence. And then also things like pharmacy channels, some of those players that Mindy mentioned before. But I do want to go back to building the capabilities to actually bring value to patient populations. To your point, Jen, we want to have a seamless experience. That is the gap or that is the area of opportunity that we think is occurring in these health services segments, right? You think about strategy and growth, which is an area that Sarah went into about why this is happening connected to strategy and growth is this idea of financial sustainability, right? And this idea that these converging health service firms and companies really need to figure out how do they maintain tailwinds and curb headwinds by getting good data, cost containment, optimizing their operations and creating process excellence in worlds that they've not had to do before, right? And then there's this idea, again, Sarah mentioned it, technology and member experience. How might some of these companies really embrace digital engagement and create better patient access? How do you create a more seamless IT strategy and optimize it? How do you journey map your patients' pathways in a real personalized, segmented way and bringing in health equity to make sure that we understand from a patient perspective we are putting capabilities behind what they need. And then last but not least, there's this idea of how do you make decisions and create governance in this new world? And I think that any company, firm, whatever, maybe thinks of that as a, a nice to have. Governance is vital. How do you make decisions the right way? A lot of these players and stakeholders now include clinical, non-clinical, nurse leaders, physician leaders, pharmacists. And they may have a different perspective. So making decisions. So I think that those capabilities are going to be really important to make that patient experience exemplary. Doubling down on that governance idea that you hit on, again, tying it back to you had different organizations coming together that didn't always live under the same roof. So what is your governance model and how do you drive decision making for parties that may not have worked together in the past. And this is where the blurred lines, while I think will play out in a positive way for the members, those blurred lines of different organizations work together that haven't worked together in the past. It's going to be important to figure out what capabilities are driven by what part of the organization. I'm thinking about providers that are going to be managing risk going forward, which is not a traditional health system and provider capability. And, and driving activities around risk accuracy and coding and how do you do it in a positive and effective way. And then on the other side, on the payer side, 
figuring out more and more how physician engagement strategies and looking at physicians as employees versus partners or at sometimes adversaries. I think both sides of it, of these different organizations that are A, coming together and B, may not have been executing against capabilities that they had focused in the past. It's going to require such a strong governance and people development and operating model approach. The environment has never been more ripe for risk-based providers and physician conveners and conveners in the marketplace to really expand and build out operating models for the future. And what that has done, it has created stress in the traditional hospital and health system world. And the stress that it has created has forced hospitals and health systems to rethink their model in ambulatory care or in primary care. And that could mean maybe partnering with some of these risk-based providers, or maybe it's to go head on with them and create care models that compete with them. But I think that the world has changed so quickly in the last five years where these risk-based providers and conveners, the Agilons of the world, the Alidades of the world, these retail primary care models like One Medical that are really disrupting the marketplace. And you're seeing conventional health systems either partner, create their own, or running away from them. And we know what happens if you run away from them. So Sarv, I'd love your thoughts on that. From a risk-based provider perspective, I think the name is is somewhat self-explanatory, but these are organizations that employ physicians, but also contract with payers to take various levels of risk, sometimes 100% of the risk associated with their patients. These are the Chen Meds, the Oak Streets, the Village MDs of the world that I think a number of us are familiar with. But the difference here is they're not a traditional health system that's focused on acute versus outpatient versus optimizing workflow through their four walls. These are organizations that are typically primary care focused, taking on more and more from a, a specialty basis, specifically in ortho and, and nephrology and, and oncology. But these are physicians that are comfortable with taking the risk and managing the medical risk, and that's how their business model works. On the convener side, similar idea from a risk-based provider perspective, but these are organizations that specialize in helping providers that are not employed by them to succeed in value-based care arrangements. Their conveners, they kind of sit in between the physicians that are providing the direct care to the patients but then also managing the overall population and the value-based contracts that those physicians participate in with the payers. So it's helpful maybe to level set there what we're saying between what those two organizations are. And I think all of it, though, does come from this idea that to provide the best patient experience, driving high-quality, low-cost care, you have to have clinicians and providers that are both comfortable with delivering that care, but also managing the costs associated with it. In the past, those were done somewhat in silos. That again is what's really driving these types of organizations to come together into this health services bucket. So I think it's really interesting as we kind of see the evolution and see so much of the money specifically from a private equity perspective or from an overall acquisition perspective, the money that's flowing into and supporting some of the risk-based providers as well as the conveners, which again, we kind of rattled off some of the household names from Agilon, Allidade to Oak Street to Chenmed. I think that 
rightfully so, a lot of the dollars are kind of flowing to these types of organizations, seeing that they are successfully driving outcomes and kind of bringing the different parts of the industry together. If you think about some of those players that are not household names that come in kind of unshackled from all of the bureaucracy of a bigger company, they come in guns a-blazing, they come in a world that they can make real changes. And it's not just health systems and hospitals that are partnering or owning them. It's bigger retail models. It's the Amazon, CVS, Walgreens. That's what we mean by convergence. These players that have not traditionally gotten that deep into the value chain of patient care are involved now. And it's really exciting to watch. And also, we mean to make sure that our traditional and conventional providers and payers really understand the marketplace. Ryan and I have spoken quite a bit on the payer-provider side of convergence and how that's birthed these risk-based providers and conveners. Mindy, I'd be interested in your thoughts on how pharmacy is also just as important. Managing both cost and ensuring the right medications are delivered all under that umbrella. We clearly have seen this movement of trying to put everything under one roof. And you think about the cost of medications is so high. It's a vaccine problem in the U.S. healthcare system because of the complexity of the drug channels, the opacity in which contracting and negotiations occur and the pricing models that exist. And so I think as we're seeing this play out, right, more organizations that either played a role traditionally in the pharmacy channel and or see it as a, a significant opportunity to bring into the mix are making moves, right, to build their capabilities in that space. And we're seeing new entrants they come into the marketplace and develop these partnerships like Mark Cuban's Cost Plus drug company. And we're seeing more PBMs be snatched up the big ones are all owned, right, in some capacity by either a retail pharmacy or a health plan. So the drug cost component of this cannot be underappreciated as also being a, a very relevant element of the success equation that health services organizations are factoring as they kind of piece together what those capabilities need to be in under their areas of operation. I feel like my head is spinning with all the ground that we just covered in the last few minutes. And I hear things like new entrants, navigating new capabilities when it comes to how they're thinking about cost and care. And I'm not going to lie, it feels like a lot to keep in mind as we're navigating this new ecosystem. So I think it's pretty safe to assume that a transformation of this scale is a massive undertaking for these organizations. Mindy, what are some of the things that leaders of these new health service organizations should really be thinking about as they're navigating this new ecosystem? I think we could probably have a running list of things that organizations should be thinking about, but we touched on governance, right, as a key element of this. I also think another key element is really tapping into data and technology to help drive some of the value that should be associated when coupling all of these capabilities together. I think technology has really been a driving force behind much of the convergence movement because we have seen so much data liberation occurring over the last couple of years and a significant amount of advancement in the technology space to enable some of that. I also think about some of the fundamentals, right? If you're a leader and you're 
thinking about playing in the space and starting to add capabilities through partnerships, alliances, mergers, and acquisitions, there is just a very basic element of how do you activate the value from that kind of a deal? What kind of change management needs to be employed throughout your organization to be able to really exercise that value? The last piece I would follow up with would be culture. Oftentimes it gets lost in the weeds as you start to think about and consider massive organizations coming together in partnership and how misaligned culture of two different organizations can really be detrimental to the success of a partnership. Traditionally, when you go back in time, when people define partnerships in the real, it many times was, what do I pay to get a capability from, right? What transactional thing am I getting for the payment I'm going to be purchasing? And then we call that a partnership, right? I think the definition of partnership has and will continue to need to be changed as the healthcare world converges. It is more about what value and capability is that partner bringing and how can I use it better? And then what capabilities do I have in my entity to help you bring value to your world? At the end of this is a patient that we're trying to create better outcomes for, which should create value for everyone. And I know that that seems like a kumbaya way of looking at it, but the definition of partnership has to change in order for convergence to really come to life, right? And you brought up a lot of kind of anecdotal things that are really important. But another thing to be looking out for is to make sure you don't lose yourself and your core strategy in these partnerships or in this new world. We've mentioned so many elements that have to take place in order for this to really take shape and really continue the momentum and what we mean by healthcare convergence or health convergence. I think it will take pointed assessment and an understanding of where a company's strengths are and where they're not to get to the right piece. So when you're developing partnerships, it's not just about the deal activation. It's not just about the change management. It's triangulating with your own culture and understanding and making sure your people are along on the journey. And if we've said it once, we've said it many times, but I do believe two things are at the foundation of this. It is making decisions smartly and consistently and making sure that you are thinking in terms of the patient first. And that goes back to the old jobs to be done ideas. Like when someone is going into a store and they're going to buy a hammer, they're actually going to buy something that gets the nail into the wood at home. So when a patient is coming to a health system or a convener, they're coming to be seen, but they're coming to get better or to elongate a life or their, their life quality. So thinking in that sense of jobs to be done in a patient-centric way is something that we haven't always done in the health space. And I think that's the transition that has to happen. I have to think that that's going to become even more important in this new ecosystem, right? If we're thinking about health services organizations as bringing together so many traditionally separate entities in the healthcare industry, as each of the big players levels up and scoops up more of the verticals, right? There's not going to be much that differentiates them except for cost or price and then patient experience. So I think the patient experience, how well they're able to achieve outcomes, how pleasant it is for that patient in achieving those outcomes, let's say, is going to have to be the factor that starts to set these organizations apart as they truly adopt the service-oriented mindset. We talked about 
a couple of different drivers of convergence of why these organizations are reframing and repositioning themselves as health services organizations. And one of the things that we may have touched on earlier in the episode, but probably didn't fortify is the idea of designing for the patient, right? And that a lot of these drivers really are ultimately about patient care and patient experience. And there's a considerable amount of movement in the marketplace. We are definitely seeing organizations reframe and reimagine right who they want to be in the health system as evidenced by the convergence that we have witnessed. And this is a complex undertaking. And I think the call to action, right, is that thoughtful consideration about what fits best with your organization and the goals that are trying to be achieved really start at the beginning of understanding like what convergence is and why it matters in your strategic planning. Ultimately, Dynamic has been playing in this space and talking about this space for a while. So if you're interested in learning more, check out some of our other pieces on convergence and give us a call. As I'm talking through this, I think it's becoming clear to me that those organizations that are going to be successful in this convergence movement are those that are able to make the various pieces work in terms of the finances, the patient experience, and navigating the complexities of what such a big shift in the industry means. Looking at where do they add capabilities in a way that really brings value without losing their core capabilities and differentiators. And I think what we've seen is that becomes quite a tricky balance. And there is a lot to keep in mind for these leaders when it comes to their operating models, their culture, and the decisions that they make. So this is a really key time for them and a time that they need to get it right in order to be successful. Thank you, Mindy, Ryan, and Sarab for joining us today. I think I certainly learned a lot. I hope our listeners did too. And for those that are interested in learning more about what Dynamic has to say when it comes to the convergence movement, please check out the links in our show notes. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.